This congregation has never had the critical mass of middle schoolers to offer such a program, but with the approach of Christopher Groberg's 18th birthday, at Terry Zapataki's suggestion, we decided to offer a modified version of the coming-of-age program to Christopher. Christopher has grown up as a part of this congregation and is much loved here. I'd like to acknowledge that he has had many teachers and mentors here, both formally and informally. If you have ever been one of Christopher's religious education teachers or youth group advisors, please stand. And I know a couple who are not here. Thank you. It takes a village. I'm certain that Christopher has studied other religions during his time here. And I know even in the year I've been your minister, Christopher has served the congregation in many, in many capacities. Witness his performance as the lion this morning. And he has served the wider community too, as most recently evidenced by the wall that he built at Buena High School for his Eagle Scout project. I've had the pleasure of meeting with Christopher as a part of last year's youth group. And I recently met with him in person to ask him some of the questions commonly posed to our coming-of-age youth. We had an interesting conversation, and after thinking some more about the questions, Christopher is now ready, I think, to respond more fully to at least a couple of them. It is now our privilege to listen to the thoughts of one. Oh! Were those your thoughts? I am so sorry to listen to the thoughts of one of our young religious Unitarian Universalists. Christopher. Thank you. Thank you very much. Hello. My name is Christopher Sage Groberg. I'm pretty awesome, if you didn't know. Okay. I'm also two days away from becoming 18 years old. Wow! I can go to prison! Yeah! 18. <laughs> That's not a big number, 18. But 100, or 157,680 is. And I've been alive for 157,680 hours. And hours are long, so I guess I've been around for a little bit. So that's pretty cool. My life has been greatly influenced by this church. You all have given me a lot of wisdom over the years. I've received a lot of great points of advice. Like, don't hover by the food. <laughs> or save some food for the rest of us. Or, Christopher, the food is for the whole congregation. So much wisdom. But that isn't all of it. I've gotten a lot of very important and very good advice from this congregation. Two people that stand out to me are Margaret Carlson and Burt Jones. They are in peaceful rest. Before they passed away, they were rather big and very joyful. A weird ha thing happened on Facebook. I was just like on Facebook. And then I received a friend request like two weeks ago from Margaret. And you got the same thing? Yeah. Oh, it was kind of weird. I was like, what is this? <laughs> this is a sign. Uh, but it was probably just like a hacker dude trying to do some crazy stuff. Anyways. Odd. 
<sighs> Margaret gave me some advice. She told me that smiles are the most important part of any day. <laughs> she also said, don't do anything that you'll regret. Margaret told me she regretted smoking when she was younger, and I will not be smoking when I'm 18, when I'm allowed to smoke, but I won't be. Bert gave me some important advice, too. He told me that life should be good. So whenever I feel sad or stressed, I remember that life isn't about being sad or stressed. It's about feeling happy and being awesome. So that's what I do whenever I'm stressed. I be awesome. <laughs> now, when I was a young kid, it was kind of hard to explain to all my friends, like, what religion am I? What church do I go to? Like, like I'm one of, like, maybe four kids that come to this church, which is the only church in the city, so I'm, like, pretty unique, one out of, like, probably 100,000 kids. <laughs> I didn't realize that church, this church was, like, kind of different, you know, <laughs> a little strange, but I went to a Catholic church, and it was really different, and I was like, what, what is this? This is kind of different, yeah, interesting. I thought that all churches were like this church, like really welcoming and non-judgmental and super close. It's still hard for me to explain my religion because I don't really draw religion or wisdom from one source. I don't rely on only Jesus' teachings or only the words of the Quran. I believe that each religion has many important ideas that I can learn from. That's called panentheism, I think. <laughs> and panentheism is relevant to me. So I looked up panentheism, and a definition came up, and some nice words came up. It said, God is viewed as the soul of the universe. The universal spirit is present everywhere, in everything and everyone at all times. And I like that. So maybe I'm a panentheism kind of guy. <laughs> There's an important question that kind of tells who you are and what your values are in life. The question is, what is the purpose of life? And there's a quote that I'll read together, we will read together, from uh, Henry David Thoreau later, that explains it pretty well. So. But first, I'll try and answer the question with my own words. To me, life is the most important thing. But it's not being alive that's important. It's about living while you're alive, if that makes sense. I believe that you should have the experience of life in its fullest. Try and do a lot in your life. Give people a reason, a good reason, to remember you and how awesome you are. I think that the purpose of life is to live. That's the simplest way to say it. There's also an analogy that I made up. Um, say you're a dishwasher. I believe you should wash as many dishes as you can. Don't get stuck on one dish that's really hard to clean. And then after that, stop washing the dishes and get a dishwasher. <laughs> and then go skydiving, and then sell the ocean, and then ride a shark and find some treasures at the bottom of the ocean. It's a little extreme, but I think it fits. So. <laughs> this speech is kind of proof of the, like how important humor is to me. So I've... 
got a joke for you. Because I can't, like, not humor. So what's black and white and 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 black and white? A penguin rolling down a hill. <laughs> what's black and white and laughing? The penguin then pushed him. <laughs> okay. If you guys could pay, or turn to page 660, there's a reading by Henry David Thoreau. 660, or, yeah, number page 660. To live deliberately. Why should we live in such a hurry and waste of life? We are determined to be starved before we are hungry. I wish to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life. I wish to learn what life has to teach, and not, when I come to die, discover that I have not lived. I do not wish to live what is not life. Living is so dear. Nor do I wish to practice resignation unless it is quite necessary. I wish to live deep and sunk out all the marrow of life. I want to cut a broad swath to drive life into a corner and to reduce it to its lowest terms. If it f- proves to be mean, then to get the whole and genuine, genuine meaningness of it and publish its meanness to the world. Or, if it is sublime, to know it by experience and to be able to give the true account of it. All right. Thank you. Peace. Stay up Hi again. I am so happy that my Unitarian community and my parents have participated with me watching and helping Christopher grow from a nursling to a working man. I don't know how it happened so fast, but I am so proud of him. I'm so happy that he got the opportunity to grow up in a non-judgmental, open-minded, loving community as well. So in my biased motherly opinion, Christopher is a great kid. He is funny, smart, talented, loving, helpful, friendly, independent, and giving. I feel guilty like I have been caught in the spotlight of yet another mother assuming bragging rights and making such biased motherly claims. But others also agree with me, like his friends, other adults, teachers, all of you and other leaders. So in my unbiased opinion, Christopher is a great kid. He is funny, smart, talented, loving, helpful, (laughs) friendly, independent, and giving. Christopher is one kid who I can say earns the title of adult in a few days on the 6th when he turns 18. What do we expect from adults? Well, namely that they are willing to be responsible, think about others, make positive relationships, give the community and their family, give to the community and their family, choose a career, keep themselves well-kept, live by a moral code, and make decisions that reflect good judgment, feeling, and thought, among other things. Well, that is a challenge for anyone. Yet young Christopher is developing well in all these areas, even taking on a weekend job delivering Asian food. He even paid the difference once when a customer ordering was short of money. And since this is a tip-dependent job, Christopher made no money making that delivery an unpaid community service. (laughs) There have been a number of occasions where Christopher has helped his friends out when they need a ride or money, 
Christopher also helps me out whenever I ask. He even helped plant an apple tree this summer. And many of you know about his Eagle Scout project, the Great Wall of Buena. <laughs> well, others gave it a new name, the Groberg Wall, reflecting more of his personality and character. That was a test of responsibility, community service, working with others, thinking about others, and making good decisions. So he scored many points towards adulthood there. There's one childhood book that stands out in my memory as Christopher's favorite book. It is a Christmas book that I read to him year round, The Story of Santa Claus. I know that even as a young boy, Christopher was drawn to this positive main character. Some of his favorite lines were these. But the biggest difference between Claus and his brother and sister was that unlike them, he far preferred giving to getting. Giving put the spring in his step, the sweet in his smile. Giving made little Claus happier than anything, even eating ice cream. I can unbiasedly say that Christopher shares that quality with little Claus. Claus in the, <coughs> in the story. He gets joy and happiness from giving to and helping others. He has said many times growing up that he wants to figure out how to earn a million dollars so he can give it to the needy and make their lives better. He would even make me stop when he was younger so he could give up his unopened protein bars and sweets to those begging by the stores. And like Claus's mother, I worry as mothers are prone to. In the story, she says, oh, woe and worry. If you only like snow, what will become of you when you are big? And little Claus replied confidently, something good, ho, ho, ho. Someday you'll see. Little Claus always answered with a merry twinkle in his eye. Something good has already come of Christopher. And if you hear his voicemail, you know he has confidence to boost. It says, Christopher Groberg, the awesome one. <laughs> so in my biased motherly opinion, I think he is awesome too. And I'm sure there's more good to come from him. Just you wait and see. <laughs> to invite Lorraine and Dave Groberg forward as Christopher's grandparents. Well, <clears throat> I really would like to ditto everything that, that Heather just said. And I know that you think that because I'm his grandmother that, of course, I will say only positive things about him. But I can say with absolute honesty that his whole life, ever since he's been born, a little tiny child until today, he's been someone that's just been such a pleasant little human being to be around. And every stage of development, it didn't matter whether it was really young, he was always with a smile and so happy. And as a child, as a preteen and as a teenager, he still has remained, you know, just a real delight for our family. And one of my other daughters who was around him for a while came to me and she said, where did this kid come from? I've never seen a kid like this. He never complains. He does whatever I ask him to do without, you know, saying, no, I don't want to. And she said, he's just, uh, he's like from another world. <laughs> and... Um, she thought all, the kid, all kids cried somewhat and complained somewhat, but uh, Christopher never really cried that much, and he laughed a lot. And another interesting thing was how curious he was about everything. When he was just a tiny baby and I was holding him in the, his arm, my arms, he would point to the fridge and he'd want me to show him everything in the fridge and let him smell it and taste it. And we'd go to the cupboard and he'd want to smell every spice and want to know what it was. He wanted to taste things. Just this immense curiosity about his surroundings. And 
he did have a lot of little books, and one of his favorites was one that had all the machines in it, the big machines that boys like, you know, all the big earth movers. And he memorized the names of probably 50 different kinds of machines. But he loved bugs and birds and um, cars, anything that came in his view, he was very curious about it. But I think the characteristic that makes him shine is that he, he does have a real interest in other people. And as Heather said, he was so happy to share things with kids. You know how kids get kind of stingy if they have something, they don't want to let another kid hold it or use it. And if we were in the car and he had, we just bought him a big ice cream sandwich, for example, and someone would say, well, could I have a bite? And he's sure, you can have a bite. And he'd finally go around to everybody in the car and come back with a little tiny piece left. And he, he was just happy and pop that in his mouth and never say anything, just no complaints about sharing. And, but he was most happy when he could make people laugh, as he's told you. For some reason, that if he can make people laugh, then that makes him happy. And those of you who have watched him grow up in this congregation uh, know that he likes to have people's attention. And <laughs> you have been his first and his best audience. And thank you for watching him and <clears throat> watching him with such tenderness and for laughing with him and supporting him and for helping him to grow up to be a young man with so much self-confidence as he has now. And to you, Christopher, <laughs> my dear grandson, I hope that uh, my hope for you is that your future as a young man and hopefully as an old man is that your personality will continue to mature, but you will remain positive towards people and towards life and that you will have many friends and close family members who love you and support you as you continue to treat them with generosity and caring and good humor. May you continue to be deeply interested in life itself, in the feelings of other people, in your music, in singing, in this whole world of entertainment. You will soon have the freedom as a grown-up to choose a profession and to choose a mate and the type of service that you want to share with the world. And I wish that you may have an amazing journey that includes the inner strength to welcome all that life has to offer you. Well, I'm Christopher's grandfather. I remember when Christopher was born, about almost 18 years ago, we had built a little apartment, 400 square feet, and we had four generations of us living in this little apartment while we were building our home. Christopher's grandmother and great-grandmother and her sister and her mother and I <laughs> shared this small little place. It was a happy, wonderful time. And Heather was single at the time, and she asked me, she said, Dad, you're going to have to be more than just a grandfather to Christopher. You'll have to be a surrogate father. And that reminded me of one of my favorite lines from Jack Benny. Some of you might remember him from years ago. But he said, you're more than a father to me. You're my mother. <laughs> but I have to play all kinds of roles. Uh, and... One of my favorite roles has been to be Christopher's grandfather. 
after a few years, about three years, after Christopher was born, Heather and her new husband and a stepdaughter in Sequoia moved to Europe and spent a few years in Germany. Well, Christopher was very attached to his grandmother, his great-grandmother, me, the grandfather, and this area. And he wrote probably one of his first letters back to Sierra Vista, and it said simply, where are you? <laughs> we are the same God. <laughs> I have no idea where he got that idea, but it certainly was a beautiful, touching idea. So it does take a village to raise children, and, and this congregation has been the village for Christopher. When uh, Rod Richards and Christiana and, and Linda helped um, give him the security and the uh, sense of being a part and accepted as an important part of this congregation, he was, he was um, sponsored by this group to go to the General Assembly of, of the Unitarian Universalists in Phoenix and he met a lot of young people there that give him a lot of um, satisfaction to be a part of this wonderful young group of, of people. And they still communicate uh, through the Facebook and email. But one reason why Christopher really does answer the, the uh, message phone with Christopher, the awesome one, <laughs> is because he has a lot of confidence because of, of you people giving him acceptance and va valuing him. He's not by any means perfect, but he is a wonderful kid. 